Ozempic, Wagovi cases that we've been talking about. We discussed last week, well, we've talked about a number of the problems with them. And last week we were talking about the stomach paralysis yeah. side effect. Terrifying. Um, yeah, it is really terrifying. And I looked into that a little bit more. And while sometimes it, it, it is reversible with medication, um, other times they have to actually put feeding tubes into the small intestine. Um, if, if you can't reverse it, people have to basically put all their food in blenders. And Yeah, I was going to say, so feeding tube into the intestine. Intestine. Small intestine, yeah. Uh, small intestine. I'm assuming that's just like you have this, this, um, you know, little barrel, and you put in food in there, and then it goes directly into the small intestine, so it doesn't have to go through the stomach, and you still you're get bypassing nutrition. the stomach. Yeah, that or there's also like IV nutrition, but I mean, so that it's really a horrible thing. You do not want to have stomach yeah. paralysis. Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing prioritizing dangerous pro- drug and product cases. Welcome, everyone. Another episode of uh, Prioritizing Profits, Dangerous Drug and Product Cases. Another week, another show. Uh, I'm feeling good today. How, how are you feeling? How was this weekend? All good. All good. Great weekend, uh, especially because I got to spend time with you and Christina. Yes, it was a very eventful weekend. We did uh, tease it a little bit on the last episode. <laughs> Medieval times, uh, massive coliseum. There's a horses. I don't even know what to call the center of that. Uh, like an arena. Arena, yeah. And there's dirt, so you know the horses can run around. Yeah. But it's um, essentially like medieval times where the knights wear armors. They ride horses. The horses have the like clothing, the drapings of the colors, <laughs> the flags and the colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, you know it's definitely probably meant for a younger crowd. But we uh, had a blast. <laughs> It was really fun. And actually, I, you know, I, I was just thinking jousting, but there was so much more to it. I mean, there was it was a full show. They had, I mean, like the horses, and there's probably a better term than tricks, but I mean, they had these amazingly trained horses that were coming out and doing different kinds of walks and bounces and steps. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and so that was really cool. They had like a hawk yeah. that, that, that flew around, which... That was insane because that was scary. yeah, there's a he was hanging out out front. A falcon, a falcon. a falcon. So it was a falcon and a fal- a falconer, I guess is what they're called. Yeah, because the he was hanging out out front and he had the falcon on his arm, and I thought, oh, cool, you know, they just hired someone to bring their pet, and <laughs> you know, you can take pictures with it, pet it, maybe. Uh, but no, he came out in the middle of the show. He threw the bird up. You know, no string, nothing, no leash. It's just flying <laughs> around the entire arena over your head. I saw a few areas where it got really close to people. People. Um, it was ducking and diving, kept coming back to, to the trainer, and then eventually he just like threw it up and it flew into its like little collar thing. Well, and, and it, it's a bird of prey, so yeah. it's a little bit scary. I mean, here are all, we're, all of us are sitting there. He could have just decided he wanted to snack on us instead of whatever uh, piece of meat the falconer was holding. I think he probably recognized that uh, our size difference to him. <laughs> We probably weren't going to be the easiest takedown. Well, he probably couldn't have, have swooped down and picked one of us up, although there were some young children there. There were very young Even children. on the late show, which I would yeah. just say I would encourage parents to take them to the early one, not the late show. Yeah, us. things get anyway, very degenerate. They pretty much did. <laughs> we, we controlled ourselves. But it was actually, it was very cool. Um, and there was kind of like a whole story to the thing. And um, one of the highlights was that when... Um, when you invited us to this, and I know you you were you, you knew that Peter was gonna be all over this. Oh yeah, I know because I mean I know he loves horses obviously, yeah. and I knew that they had, um, you know the horses are treated well to the best of my knowledge the way that they it's like show a pretty it. good life. Yeah, they look like they do, and um, I, there's a lot of just horse training like it, it to have that much motion and yeah. commotion, loud uh, yeah. crowd cheering in that in that building. Um, it has to require a lot of training. Yeah, our, ho- our horses would not handle that well. Yeah, and I knew that he would appreciate that. And then also just the general kind of uh, vibe and theme of it, I knew he would be able to kind of immerse himself in. Yeah, well, so when we realized we were going to do this, he was like, oh, I, I wish I had like a, a costume or a, a night cape. I wonder if I could get a night cape. So sure enough, I think that was like last, the week before when you got, you were convincing Mm -hmm. us that we wanted to do this and sure enough we got on amazon and found him the cape and then he was all excited and he was going to (laughs) he wanted to surprise you because he didn't want you to know (laughs) so um, after we parked 
He then told you that he had left his glasses in the car. So. I didn't think anything of it, too. I knew he had three pairs in there. I made a comment <laughs> on the way driving. I was like, damn, Pete, you got you got a backup for the backup over here. <laughs> yes, yeah, he has kind of stacked up. Um, so he snuck back to the car and then came back in. And it was really funny because, well, first of all, the cape is this big red cape. And, and we'll, we'll post a picture. But... Um, when we went in, you you are assigned to different areas in the Coliseum um, based on the color of the night. There's um, like teams, essentially. Teams. Yeah, yeah. So you're rooting for the blue night or the black and white night or the green night or the red night. And so I knew that Peter's uh, cape was red. And I thought, well, it's going to be kind of awkward if we're sitting in yeah. there. <laughs> so I asked them, hey, can we pick which section? Well, no, they're assigned. And I was like, well, you know, is there a chance we could sit where the red night sits or, you know, in the red night section? And they were actually pretty accommodating. And so yeah. they did, they moved us into the red section, which was very fortuitous too, because who won the whole thing? The red night. The Red Knights. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a whole uh, night of competitions. And like you said, it's a whole show with story. There's a king, there's a queen. I don't know if it's a king. I think it's a queen and then her, like, um, right-hand man. Yeah, consort. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so the knights are, like, battling for her honor, and they have a competition. And one of it was, like, there's rings hung up, and they have to, you know, ride the horses full speed with the, um, I don't know what they're, pole arms, maybe? Yeah, it's like a pole, the jousting pole. Jousting, yeah, yeah jousting, pole. jousting pole. And they got to, like, go through these tiny holes, and there's a bunch of other competitions they did. Uh, but the main one was the... Uh, jousting, like yeah, the, the full official on. jousting, where you try to knock the other guy off the horse. Yeah, and, but but then I didn't realize you. Not only do you knock him off the horse, but then they can they start. You know, it's it's combat on the foot, yeah. and and it's like to the death. To the death, exactly. If you don't kill him on the horse, then you got to kill him hand in hand in hand con combat. Hand to hand combat. Yeah. yeah no, it was pretty pretty dramatic, and I mean, you know, obviously it's choreographed and all, but it was it was really well done. I mean, yeah. I was I, I was kind of I was I was surprised and. I thought it. I thought it was very cool, and uh, I mean, you were screaming like a, <laughs> I don't know what. You, I mean, I can't. I, I'm amazed if you could speak the next day. Oh <laughs> uh, no, my voice was hurting a little bit. Well, I thought you know the the how to make it the most fun. It's already a fun thing, but if you're yeah. just sitting there quietly, like. Uh, you're not you're not immersing yourself. If you think back in the olden days, oh, you were yeah. watching the blood people lust, die, yeah, the and blood yelling, lust. Yeah. exactly. Like the Colosseum in Rome, where there's the the guy battling the tiger. Like everyone's yeah. on their fucking feet, screaming yeah. as yeah. loud as they can. And so I was trying to embody well, yeah, that. Yeah, you were on your feet, screaming as loud as you could. And then Christina with her flag. Wow, yeah. she was she was fully energized as well. And you guys were just screaming, "I love you." night yeah it was it was it was a very fun night so we really appreciated getting to go and spend time with you guys and yell and scream and watch nights watch our night kill everybody else yeah no it was a lot of fun and um the battle scenes were, were definitely pretty cool it's there's some points where you can tell it's choreographed but you can tell that they put a lot of time and yeah, a lot of effort yeah. into it because there's definitely some very sleek movements and even with the jousting i mean I could tell, you know how there's like the fake glasses that in shows you'll bang over someone's head and it shatters everywhere. Essentially, that's how the yeah, jousting the swords, poles were. Yeah, um, and so they would do it into the shields, but still full speed on a horse with that pole arm coming right at you and you got to have the shield. And then they have it, obviously, you know, this guy takes this hit, this guy takes that hit. But yeah, well, definitely really very a lot of skill because, you know, even if it's choreographed, I mean, you're on horses and even world trained horses. I mean, think things can go oh, wrong yeah. and, you know, handle we were there in the <laughs> we were there in the stands in the event that anybody needed an attorney but yeah or a doctor <laughs> that's true that's true we had all the bases covered yeah, yeah all fronts yeah peter could save their lives and then i can sign them up for a lawsuit <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah it's got a tag team tag team the showered hot but we we did get lucky our night one which was very exciting he was kind of slacking throughout the games but he I wasn't won. so sure we made the good choice uh, early on i wasn't sure either but he ended up winning the battle to the death uh which was very exciting and overall it was a great night my voice was was a little rough the next day but good time good stuff for sure for sure and it was just nice too we, you know it was a um uh well actually not a weekend just a day out of town for us but we um of course travel with the canines so um we get Airbnbs wherever we travel, and of course we have to get dog-friendly Airbnbs, which are very limited. And any of you out there who have Airbnbs, you should allow dogs. <laughs> I swear, I you know, and they always have like an extra cleaning fee for the dogs. 
but I mean, we clean up so well. It's cleaner than, you know, as clean as when we got there, generally speaking. And um, the only time the dogs destroyed something, one, one on one, <laughs> on one trip, they got like the, the controller for the Comcast thing. Mm-hmm. But that being said, we found a Comcast in town and replaced it. But that's the thing is I'm sure the cleaning fee includes repairs and replacements. And not everyone is as considered as you and goes out of their way to replace those items. Well, yeah. But I mean, and really, that's the only only thing. Um, they're pretty, pretty well behaved these days. So, um, but it was a nice little trip up there and the dogs got to go with us and... Anyway. Overall, good time, good time. Good times. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. All right. Updates on cases. What has been going on? What have we missed since the last show? <laughs> well, we haven't missed anything because we're all ready to get to it. We're on it. Yes, we're on it. We're on top of it for all of it. So um, one of the updates is the eyedrops case that we've talked about. Actually, we've mentioned them a couple of times, but another lawsuit was filed. Um, you know, these things are still out there. There's these uh, Ezra Care um, eye drops that we've talked about, and then it has this horrible superbug in them. Um, they have been recalled, but people, if they don't know about that, they may still have them in their bathrooms or cabinets. They're still using them. Mm-hmm. Um, horrible stuff. Um, so another lawsuit has been filed. Um, it's now, they've uh, the problems have spread to 16 states. Um, there have been 81 infected individuals, 14 with permanent vision loss, four have had eyeballs removed. Jesus. Um, and four people have died. Wow. Yeah. I mean, because it's, you know, it's a super bug. Um, they, uh, antibiotics um, scoff at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or no, it scoffs at the antibiotics. Doesn't get very far. Um, you know, obviously, some people do recuperate, um, but really, really just dangerous stuff. And so another lawsuit was just recently filed, and this is by a woman um, who had to have her left eye surgically removed after this infection. Um, and this is, uh, so this is a case in Pennsylvania. And one of the things I just kind of wanted to toss out there because it kind of grabbed my attention. Um, and it's something that I'm familiar with, but I'm not sure everybody is. When you, you know, they, when you file one of these lawsuits, you file it against the manufacturer of the product, but you also file, um, name the seller, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's in the chain of distribution is ultimately named as a, a defendant. Sense. Yeah. So in this case, it was Amazon. Amazon did sell these things or other ones where they've included Walmart. So there are multiple defendants. But um, so this is just another recent case. Um, and, and just, you know, just a heads up that, hey, these things, you know, <laughs> Check your eye drops. I mean, yeah. you know, you might have bought these uh, months ago, and uh, you know, if they're in your in your uh, you know medicine cabinet, get rid of them immediately. Somebody uses this; it's very very serious. And is it something where the first use you have a chance of just immediately getting this? Well, yeah, yeah, because they it's actually tainted with the bacteria. So mm-hmm. every drop has got some bacteria presumably in it. So yeah, yeah, you use it once. I mean, obviously the more bacteria you put in your eye, probably the worse, but I mean, just, you know, one drop probably could do it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so terrifying too. the, anything with that eye, hearing, smelling, seeing, (laughs) yeah, the senses. I mean, that stuff is terrifying. And especially when it's uh, infections around in your head, like that is like kind of the most vulnerable area I would imagine. Um, but with it com- when it comes to distributors, how does that liability and how does that lawsuit work? Because obviously there's a lot of them, like you said, Amazon, Walmart, I'm sure Walgreens and CVS. Um, in each case, are they taking like a percentage of the liability or is that a separate case? How's well, that it depends. Um, and, and it depends on this. The law in in each state maybe is, is can be different. Um, some states have strict liability. And so anybody in that chain of commerce is automatically responsible um, some, uh, s- some states have what we call comparative fault, and that's where you have to divide 100% of fault between yeah. everybody based on their percentage of fault. Um, but then other, other states um, will have a joint liability where everybody is on the hook. And so if one doesn't have enough money, you know, then the other one picks it up. They're all equally responsible. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the law of the state. Um, and so that's, it's important, of course, to talk to an attorney to find out. But again, if you talk to an attorney, they're going to tell you, hey, these are 
the people, these are the defendants that we're going to list. Yeah. And more often than not, you're going to list everybody in that chain, um, chain of distribution and then kind of flesh it out. And some may get dismissed, um, depending. But, um, you know, say if it's a comparative fault state, um, there may be circumstances where, for example, a distributor should have pulled it off of the shelves sooner yeah. um, than they did. So there may be some actual fault as opposed to just a strict liability yeah. um, that they happen to, um, you know, be one of the kind of one, one of one of the people involved, one of the entities involved in this product getting from the manufacturer to the person. Yeah, because when I imagine these settlements, I mean, let's say it's like a, a $10 million settlement and with like the percentage liability where maybe like 10 percent with Walmart or Amazon um, and then they have to pay a million dollars and then the manufacturer pays the nine million. Uh, how does it work when you said the shared where if one person can't pick up the bill, the other one does? I'm assuming companies don't want to be the first one paying for it. Right. Well, and that's the joint and several liability um, states. And that basically you're going to collect from who you can collect from. And yeah. then they are going to have to try to collect some percentage back from the other. Oh, yeah. I see. So yeah. it's more of the it's, big It makes businesses. it easier. Yeah, it makes it easier yeah. for the plaintiff, though to, you know, to get paid and to get fully compensated. Rightfully so. It's kind of like with car crashes too, where insurance companies will kind of just pay it out and then they'll go to all the other maybe medical um, places or, you know, wherever it is and uh, other responsible parties, I guess, in the crash and tried to collect uh, that reimbursement. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that happens. um, And then other times there are like, like, you literally have to go to trial because each defendant is saying, I'm only, you know, I'm not at fault. It's that one or they're more at fault. And so with the chain of, of, you know, command or distribution, distribution, um, I mean, how small does that go? Like the, the truck driver that's driving it to the (laughs) store, I'm assuming he's not having to. No, he's not. I'm sure he's not. No, it's just the actual dis- people in the distribution chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, but although who knows, there could be a circumstance where, say, you know, a product has to be maintained at a certain temperature and it's a refrigerated truck yeah. and then, you know, something goes wrong and it's not refrigerated. I mean, there are probably are scenarios where the the driver or the company that hires the driver could be um, at fault as well. So yeah. I would not, I would not say no for sure. <laughs> I'll just have to have to figure it out. Definitely, definitely recommend to take a look at those eye drops because Ugh. I mean, that's terrifying. Well, Fernie throw up a picture of it too. Yeah. Because. I mean, and I use a ton of eye drops. I get super dry eyes, which, um, is why I can't wear contact lenses anymore. And I mean, I have dry eye drops in my bedside tables at both houses. I have them in my purse. I have them in my car. Um, so, you know, you can be sure I went and made sure that I didn't have any of those because again, it's like, it's not the kind of thing where you have, you know, some brand loyalty. Yeah. I mean, you know, Walgreens eye drops, Walmart eye drops, you know, whatever. You I mean, forget I need some, you're going to go to the store right down the dry. street. Oh, and Hey, these are on sale. That's yeah. cool. I mean, it, you know, it's basically saline. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's not <laughs> it's like organic versus non-organic. I did have uh, some brand loyalty to Roto's. If you ever seen them, they what come in. It's their eye drops, and, oh. and they're like uh, oh, those big things. Yeah, that they're big... big ovals almost, are like those... egg shape. Yeah, I remember those, but aren't those even around anymore? Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're like that. the more expensive eye drops compared to you know the usual ones, and for any. You know, like high schooler that has red eyes and they're looking to kind of cover their bases. I was going to say, I knew, the only time that you were using <laughs> eye drops a lot was back in those days. I, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen those around lately. But the Rotos were known for just getting crystal clear eyes. I mean, they look fantastic. But then they also felt great. You know, that like stinging, refreshing feeling in your eyes. I love that. Um, and so uh, those are the only ones that I've had brand loyalty to. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad they don't require them regularly anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad they don't carry any infectious diseases. Not or that bacteria. we're aware of, at least. Not that we're aware. Yeah, of. not yet. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, that's a scary one. Definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, and what what other updates on cases? Um, so, on another one, we've talked about the Tylenol um, litigation, uh, and that's the uh, that that using Tylenol pregnant women. Um, Babies have an increased risk of being born with autism and autism spectrum disorders. Um, so those cases, as we've discussed, um, are being litigated. Um, there is a multi-district litigation, and Johnson and Johnson, um, who is the manufacturer of Tylenol, 
recently filed um, several motions to dismiss, trying to get these to go away. And the good news is they were unsuccessful. Um, one was on some technical issues, and then um, they were they were arguing that we couldn't prove causation between the usage of the Tylenol and the children being born with um, autism and, spectrum. And that's what most people say in general public. They're like, mm -hmm. how can this ever have a connection? I mean, Tylenol, like you said, doctors recommend it if uh, pregnant women have any issues or discomfort. Or have recommended it in the yeah, past, yeah. 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 Well, and so that's just, but that's exactly why, that's what the lawsuit is is there for. Yeah. So there are studies that indicate these links, and we've posted, in fact, I was just on the, on the uh, website on the page with the, um, with our podcast today looking for something, and, you know, we have all of those studies listed. I mean, there are a lot of studies. And so there, are, there is enough evidence to get this to a jury. It's not like we're just saying, you know, out of the blue, it causes, you know, it can, it can cause yeah. or, or increase the risk of autism. So they were trying to just say, hey, bam, there's not enough evidence, doesn't even get to go to a jury, just dismiss it, we all go home. And the judge said, no, there is enough here that it's going to go to a jury and, um, and and let the jury decide. You can bring in your experts who say, no, there's not a relationship. The plaintiffs can bring in their experts mm -hmm. and their studies, um, but it's not just going to get dismissed automatically. Um, and then the other argument that they had was they were saying that um, they were denying Johnson Johnson's knowledge of the risk. Um, and again, that's a factual issue as to when uh, when Johnson and Johnson knew and did they warn when they knew or did they delay? Yeah. So again, it's a factual issue. You know, you put in your facts, we put in our facts and, you know, you've got to get into the whole discovery process to get the documents from yeah. them that would even show what they knew and what they didn't know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just saying dismiss it. I mean, a, a lot of times they'll do these early on, but the, the good news is didn't work. The cases are moving forward. Um, and, um, and ultimately a jury's, you know, or probably multiple juries because there are quite a few cases, um, will have the opportunity to decide if there's a link or not. And I would assume a lot of, uh, pharmaceutical companies will go with that dismissal to try to just kind of kill it at its, at the very beginning. Yeah, they do. And I mean, and there's some tactical things that go along with that, too, because when when they file the motion to dismiss, then in response, you have to say, well, wait, no, no, well, here's a lot of evidence that we have. And so it's there kind of know. a show your cards a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, but again, th there's plenty of information here to, to get over that hurdle. Um, and yeah, I think it's pretty much, generally speaking, they're going to do everything they can file these initial motions. But that is interesting that they do it. it it's a tactical thing, you know, being yeah, able yeah, to see yeah. what the other side has, or at least a small portion of it is, is definitely pretty big. Um, but it seems like a, a big step in this case specifically, because I know whenever I've talked to any of my friends or anyone in my group and talked about this, I mean, it's just so unbelievable to people, yeah. especially people that don't have kind of this base understanding of some of the uh, grimy stuff that pharmaceutical, <laughs> pharmaceutical companies, grimy. yeah, the, some Dirty. of the stuff that they can do and, um, and, and their history, especially to the extent mm -hmm. that it's been done. Um, so this is absolutely insane when, when you tell them, but to hear that there's at least enough evidence that a judge thinks that it should go to trial, that a jury should hear it, I think is, is a pretty solid step in a case specifically. Yeah, like yeah, definitely, definitely. So these cases are definitely moving forward. And I mean, you know, it's fine. I mean, the, the it's, it's a good process because, you know, quite frankly, anybody can file a lawsuit yeah. for anything. I mean, it's not a good idea and there are sanctions and you might have to pay the costs um, if you file a frivolous lawsuit, but there has to be a process process to, you know, to, to weed out the cases that really shouldn't go forward and shouldn't take a lot of time and, and cost and all of that. So and I don't have an objection to the process, but, you know, sometimes, you know, these are just like, oh, come on. I mean, this is a waste. Yeah. I mean, look, at there's like 40 studies or something. It's just. <laughs> it's like anyway. when uh, the bankruptcy thing we talked about last week, where they're yeah. just trying to shoot their shot, do anything yeah. they can to, to get out of it. And even if they know it's unlikely, they're just trying to burn some more time. Well, that's it. So, yeah, it's time because the longer you can go without ever having to pay out on these, that's money that they keep in their coffers and they're getting interest on and blah, 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 and investing and whatever. Um, but then there's also the angle of the attorneys, because when you're a defense attorney, you're billing by the hour. Yeah. You know, it's not like us where we're going to get paid a percentage of what we collect for you, whether it takes us, you know, a thousand hours or a hundred hours, they're getting paid, you know, for everything that they do. And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of defense attorneys who are like, oh, it's really important that we 
file this motion, and it's going to take us a lot of hours, and a lot of associates are going to have to research, and then we're going to have to edit it, and da 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 you know? So it's also very lucrative for them to be filing a bunch of these. Well, uh, and it's interesting on the side of, um, on, on you guys, you know, the personal injury attorneys, is because you guys don't get paid unless a case is um, is one, right? Yeah, Until yeah, it gets right. to the finish line. There's no, you know, you guys don't bill by the hour. There's nothing along those lines. And if you lose a case, then that's just money that's lost. And so right. the longer that a case takes, the more resources that you have to put into it, the more time you have to put into it is just money that's, that you're losing. Well, yeah, I mean, not necessarily losing because hopefully, ultimately, you, Risking, you win I the guess. case. Yeah, but you risk it, and and that goes to, to so many times people, all oh, these crazy, greedy lawyers, blah blah blah. Well, you know what? The lawyers are the ones who are putting up the money to get the case. Yeah. You know, to and 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 you know, hopefully, if you're if you're an attorney who's going to survive long, you're not going to pick stupid cases. You're not going to do something crazy that's going to get dismissed because you're going to spend your wheels. You're going to spend your money. You're going to waste your time. You're going to get nothing, um, and then you're and you're also going to have an unhappy client. I mean, there's yeah. like no no good can come of taking a, a shitty case, just yeah. <laughs> just to put it bluntly. I mean, so people aren't out there just filing crappy cases. You won't be in business long if you do that. Yeah, no, that that's that makes sense, and I, I think that's just a perspective people don't know or don't see if you haven't been in it at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just you know, it's it's just one of those. I, I don't know, um, just negative things that people believe about attorneys and it's easy stereotype and yeah, all of this kind of stuff, but, but not very accurate. Well, I know that there's definitely a lot of people that have their own suspicions um, about this topic, especially. So we'll throw down some more resources or a link to the website where we actually have all the studies that um, we've referenced in previous episodes as well. And I think this was one of the first topics that we actually discussed. Yeah, in the podcast. it was. It was. And we probably circle back to that at some point um, yeah. when there's some more, more juicy developments coming along because it's moving forward. There will be more developments and it's, more updates. It's an interesting one. And I mean, mm-hmm. it is shocking, especially when we went into some of the numbers. I think it was Puerto Rico. Uh, that doesn't have Tylenol over the counter and the autism rates are just shockingly lower. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, when you start looking at the actual numbers and, and the research, pretty convincing. And the studies, <laughs> yeah. And clearly the judge thinks so as well to want yeah. to carry this forward. Definitely. Definitely. All right. One more, um, update and that is on the, um, Ozempic Wagovi cases that we've been talking about. We discussed last week, well, we've talked about a number of the problems with them. And last week we were talking about the stomach paralysis yeah. side effect. Terrifying. Um, yeah, it is really terrifying. And I looked into that a little bit more and while sometimes it, it is reversible with medication, um, other times they have to actually put feeding tubes into the small intestine. Um, if, if you can't reverse that people have to basically put all their food in blenders and yeah i was gonna say so feeding tube into the intestine small intestine yeah. small intestine i'm assuming that's just like you have this this um you know a little barrel and you put in food in there and then it goes directly into the small intestine so it doesn't have to go through the stomach and you still you're bypassing the stomach yeah that or there's also like iv nutrition but i mean so that it's really a horrible thing you do not want to have stomach yeah. paralysis or gastroparesis gastroparesis. Um, but there have been actual cases filed. Um, we were talking about that problem coming up and there have been actual cases that are filed and getting litigated. And in fact, one that was filed recently, um, was actually by a friend of mine, Paul Pinnock, who, um, is with Morgan and Morgan. And, um, he was actually just in Tucson a few months ago. I was able to, mm-hmm. to catch up with him anyway. Um, that's a, it's a very large firm. Um, and they are pursuing these cases also, um, likely a case, uh, likely a firm that we would work with, um, as well. Yeah. Speaking of Morgan and Morgan, uh, funny that you mentioned them. I've been listening to a new podcast, Bad Friends. It's a comedy. It's with two comedians, Bobby Lee and, uh, Andrew something. Um, hilarious. Love it. <laughs> but they have an ad spot where they have people that obviously paid for advertisements and they go up there and they talk about it. And Morgan and Morgan got a spot there and they talk about how they're like one of the biggest in the country and all this stuff, which is super interesting just because I'd never heard or seen a law firm advertise like that. Yeah, I think you sent me that. That was, yeah, that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, the other, and, and, and on the Morgan to Morgan topic, when we were driving back from Phoenix last weekend, we were, we drove by a billboard and it was this huge billboard and it had um, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex on it. <laughs> Have you seen this? No, no. Oh, and, and then it says size matters really big. 
and Morgan and Morgan. And I was like, I looked at it and then I said to Peter, I was like, that is a weird ad. I'm like, okay, first of all, size matters. I mean, that was like a, I think that's like a saying more for people our age. I don't know if people still, I mean, obviously it's a reference. No, it's, to, still, a, it's still a joke and still something people reference. And I guess so. But I thought it, it felt like a little bit old schooly saying size matters. And of course your first thing is going to be, you know, the genitalia yeah, reference. Cocks. Yeah, big cocks. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I thought, okay, that's a little bit weird that you're, that, that a law firm is advertising that way. I mean, it is a huge firm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably firm. one of the biggest. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest I've seen by far. <laughs> <laughs> but then, okay, but now let's, let's go. <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, yeah, that, that, that got me a little bit. Anyway, the other thing about this billboard though that I thought was so weird is like then size matters and then there's like this huge Tyrannosaurus Rex dinosaur. And I'm like, but like dinosaurs are freaking extinct. Yeah. I mean, and so... Is kind of weird. I mean, there's a lot of other big things that you could use as a size matters thing as opposed to, like, you know, because I always see these other ads about, you know, well, dinosaurs are extinct. Maybe it's because they didn't use this product or they didn't do that. Yeah. But why would you, like, actually affiliate yourself with a, an extinct large Well, that's thing? the thing. I, I mean, just the way that you described it, extinct and large, right? When you think of a T-Rex, your first thought is, wow, that is the biggest predator that's been on this yeah, earth. Yeah, so maybe that's it because it's like the meanest of the dinosaurs. Yeah, and you and want someone to fight for you like a T-Rex. Yeah, but they've got these little baby arms. Oh, yeah, but they got big teeth. <laughs> but I think the idea is that when you think of a T-Rex, you don't think of it being small. You don't think of it being it's medium. Huge. You, so you si- it's yeah, huge. It's- and so that's why if they're referencing size, they want something that as soon as you see it, your brain automatically, you know, thinks, okay, big, big predator, big, yeah. you know, animal. I guess so. I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it from that perspective. So it's the biggest of the biggest, meanest, nastiest of the dinosaurs. Yeah. So maybe they're the biggest, nastiest of the law firms. Um, but again, it still seems like, I don't know, have some huge lion or I don't know, some animal that's still alive. But, yeah, but a lion, you'd be like, oh, you know, a little cat, little kitty cat. No, but you have this big raging lion. Arr, I don't know. Yeah, little kitty cat. Well, maybe it's working and, you know, I'm not exactly the marketing expert. So whatever. It was just, Literally, we were driving along, and I was like, wow, right in your face, size matters. Yeah. Dinosaur, Morgan and Morgan. And look at you now. You're, you're talking about it. You're thinking about it. And I'm sure you still thought about it even before this podcast, <laughs> right? You're like, wow, that was kind of an interesting ad. And that's good advertisement right there. You there you go. And they're getting more free advertising because we're discussing it. And we were discussing it in, in conjunction with them filing uh, the gastroparesis lawsuits yeah. over the Ozempics. So. Speaking of Ozempic, yeah. So, so another lawsuit was filled, filed, filed. Sorry, filed um, for for Ozempic uh, and the stomach paralysis. And are we expecting there to be an increase on this? Because you know, oh, like yeah. we discussed, you know, the stomach paralysis wasn't something that at least the general public was aware of. We didn't know that this was a risk until it started coming up uh, with more and more people using it. And now that it's been it's been identified as an issue connected to this, something that people are now going to be looking out for with yeah. users of Ozempic. It's, it's it's going to make sense if more start. Oh, out. absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think that, that the usage is slowing down. And I think the more that people hear about it, and it's a quick fix for losing weight, I think people are going to keep doing it. So, you know, we're going to see more of the gallbladder cases, we're going to see these cases, and then who knows what's next. Yeah. I mean, we could probably just weekly update on what the new Olympic side effect <laughs> The new side effect, yeah. And I mean, that's terrifying. We joke about it. But how crazy is it is that there's a drug and already things are, that the risks are, are up there. You you know, they yeah, can yeah. get really bad. But the fact that, um, you know, every on a week to week basis, at least a month to month basis, there's a good chance that there's going to be a bigger and badder side effect coming out. Yeah, we'll see. We're we'll on see. it. And then tune in because we'll keep you updated. <laughs> that's our that. job. That is our job. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's a good update on cases. That's a lot of stuff that's um, been been going over. And I always like it too, like especially with the Tylenol, is that there's these, some of these cases that we talked about in the past. And obviously, they're going for a long period of time. We're always yeah. taking in new cases for them. Hernia mesh, that's been going on for years and years. Like five or six, I think. Uh, yeah. But these little updates kind of remind you that they are still ongoing, that there's always new stuff coming up. And there's still you know thousands of people either suffering victims or thousands mm-hmm. of people working to, to represent these victims yeah yeah 
Um, but we can go on to cases that, that we're handling. Right? Okay. Well, so what we are talking about this week as far as kind of categories of cases um, are dram shop cases. Dram shop. Dram shop. I usually have a general idea of what the case is about just off the name. No clue on this one. <laughs> Peter didn't either. He was like, hey, what are you guys talking about? And I said, dram shop cases. He was like, what the heck is that? Oh, I don't feel as bad now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the cardiologist doesn't know, then... <laughs> I shouldn't feel bad about not knowing either. Yeah, so dram shop cases. And, you know, a lot of these cases, you know, like the term bellwether and all of these terms, I mean, they come from Old English. And so a dram shop case is a case involving um, a bar or somebody who serves alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so it's or cases where there's liability on the provider of the alcohol for injuries that somebody sustained. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, you'll have a drunk driving accident. Um, and, of course, you're going to file a lawsuit against the driver of the vehicle, but you can also potentially file a lawsuit against, say, a bar if the person was drinking at the yeah. bar, they were overserved, that sort of thing. And so the dram shop, um, what uh, you know, I actually had to look up what dram was. I mean, I knew dram shop meant you know somebody who sells alcohol, basically a bar, um, but a dram is like a measurement, a unit of liquid, and it's a very small, um, small. It's like smaller than a shot, um, and so basically, I guess back in those days, they had you know you went into a bar for like a dram, yeah, it's like <laughs> a, a sip. Yeah, if it was before work, you wouldn't get a shot; you'd get a dram shot. <laughs> a dram, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so but it, but ultimately, it means any establishment that sells alcohol. Yeah. Um, and so they, these cases, you know, and a lot of times there's, um, the, you know, cases involving drunk driving or have horrendous injuries and the person may have a minimal insurance policy. And so you're looking, you know, is there somebody else responsible? Yeah. And, um, you know, alcohol is obviously regulated and, you know, you have to have a liquor license to serve alcohol. And along with having that license and being able to make, you know, a lot of money, I mean, it's a very profitable business, oh, yeah. then there also come responsibilities. And you have to, you know, abide by the rules and the laws with regard to service of alcohol and yeah. not um, and, and not behave in a negligent manner. Um, so, so that's what, what Dram Shop cases are. Um, and I've actually been involved in a number of them over, over the years. Um, and, and there's, I mean, there's just every time you, you know, look at the newspaper, there's some crazy, you know, situation. And I'm pretty sure you've mentioned in the past, and I don't want to get too off topic here, but people, like you said, when uh, there's a drunk driving accident and maybe the driver or the insurance company doesn't have the funds to actually fully um, reimburse the, the, the victims or the victim's family, whatever it may be, uh, they go over the dram shops as well as possibly the alcohol themselves, like Jack Daniels. Uh, is that something that happens or is that something that's been attempted? Yeah, not really so much the actual alcohol itself. Yeah. Um, I, would, I wouldn't really assume that that has much legs to it. But no, There's warnings all over. But I mean, that's interesting, too, because over the years, the warnings that have, have been required to be placed on alcoholic beverages have changed. I yeah. mean, now there's all kinds of warnings about, you know, not to drink when you're pregnant and, 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 and other warnings. So at this point, I think that the dangers from the, you know, the manufacturer of the spirit um, are pretty clear. Yeah. Now, if there was some kind of crazy, you know, uh, manufacturing error and it was, you know, the, the uh, I don't know, it was much stronger than it. Moonshine. Well, that's the thing. But, you know, moonshine, you know, is moonshine. I mean, sure. and, and, yeah. and, and, you know, and they are required to label and to, to indicate the percentage of alcohol. Yeah. So, so they're going to be um, fairly well insulated. But then, um, the, you know, the person who's selling it, they're, yeah. you know, more likely. I mean, you know, you see these situations all the time, um, you know, where people are giving shot after shot after yeah. shot. Um, I mean, no good can come of that. Well, and, and didn't you mention last show how there's a maximum that all, you know, restaurants or bars are allowed to serve uh, their their. Well, I don't know that there's actually, and again, the, the the laws are going to vary state by state, but there's, I don't know that there's a maximum, but I mean, you can't overserve someone. And so part of like the training process is looking for signs and symptoms of intoxication. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, you know, because of course, everybody's going to be slightly different and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, a 90 pound woman versus a 300 pound man, that's good. You know, you, you can serve them different amounts of alcohol before their BAC goes to the same, to the same levels. 
So there's a lot of issues about that. Um, I mean, and in these cases where you're trying to figure out, you know, what somebody, how drunk somebody was when they were at the restaurant, you're tra- you have to factor it. I mean, we have experts do that, you know, toxicologists yeah. and, um, you know, and alcohol service experts, because, you know, had they eaten food? Were they drinking water? How much? I mean, so many things play into yeah. how it affects you. So it's very hard to, you know, to really pin that down sometimes. And even at Scottsdale, like Old Town, when I go out with a group of my friends, and obviously, you know, there's a ton of drinking, there's people buying bottles at tables, there's there's shots everywhere, you know, things can get pretty crazy. But I've definitely had a few of my buddies that just take it a little too far. And I know last time they went to a bar and it was like the third or fourth one that we had gone to and they went to go order a drink and the bartender like shook her head like, oh, okay, be right back. And she went and just brought back a cup of water. Wow. (laughs) Nothing else. And I think it's just because there's some people that you can, uh, I I mean, in general, right? There's just people that you can visibly tell when they've had a lot to drink. They just either don't hold their liquor as much or when they are drunk, they are just, you know, much louder, a little bit more messy or whatever it may be. Um, But then there's also like the quiet ones. You know, I've had buddies that drink and they can be drunk as hell, but when they get really drunk, they just sit there and don't talk at all. Yeah. 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 And that's hard to say. Are they just, I mean, and especially for somebody who doesn't know them, say a server or a bartender, I mean, is this just a quiet guy or is he just wasted? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it, it, it is tough. Um, and, and as you mentioned from going to bar to bar, a lot of times that's a question too. I had, um, I was involved in a case a number of years ago, um, which is really, it was an intense case for me, actually. Um, it was a woman who was about my age at the time and I was probably, you know, mid to late thirties. Um, and she had been celebrating with some friends, um, graduating from, um, a, a course, it was like a, um, ad, it was advertising a kind of art course. I don't remember exactly the details because obviously that was a while ago. Hmm. Um, anyway, so she was all happy. She went to this bar with, with her friends. They were drinking wine. Again, it wasn't like some of these cases, you know, I would envision I could never picture myself in that circumstance, you know. I, I mean, but, but in this circumstance, I was like, oh, and in some, and she had been, at, she went to three different restaurants. Yeah. And so, and they were restaurants I had been to. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, I've been to that restaurant. I've drank wine at that hey, restaurant. close to home. It was, a, yeah, it was a little bit close to home. And we had to take her deposition and she was in, in prison. And, wow. and we went to prison to depose her. And I mean, she was just like this, she just reminded me of me. I mean, it was like, holy crap. I mean, you know, I, you know, you always think there's no way I wouldn't, it was, I'm never going to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like, well, back in the day when I was drinking, you know, again, not, not an intentional situation, but could that have happened to me? That could have happened to me. And yeah. so that really terrified me. And at the time, I, I mean, it really, it was kind of a, a wake up call also that, you know, you think after one or two drinks, you're okay. Yeah. But again, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, and, and do you really want to risk it? Because what happened in that case was that she had left the final bar um, and she she was driving and um, she dropped her purse on the, uh, she like, I don't know, hit her brakes or something. And her purse was on the passenger seat, fell on the, on the floor. And she like leaned down and picked it up. And when she came back up, she crossed the center line, head on collision and killed a guy. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, basically her life as she knew it was over. And here she was celebrating, you know, this great event, this graduation, moving on to a new stage of her life. And now her new stage of life is in prison. Yeah. So. And it's so crazy with things like that, because when I got my car crash months and months ago, I mean, it was something when you imagine these massive life events like this, you imagine it as something that's you know, something so big like that takes a lot of time, you know, something that is, you you see it coming, or even if you don't see it coming, it's this thing. But when I got in my car crash, it was like, you know, five seconds, snap your fingers, snap your fingers, it happens. And then all of a sudden, you're in the aftermath. Yeah. And everything else after that is aftermath, you're dealing with it. And so a case like that, where, you know, she's driving back, she's celebrating a big event, she's happy. And then, you know, within a span of just two, three seconds, boom, this thing happens. And then the rest of her life is, is changed and yeah. everything after that, every day after that is is recovering or, or coming back from that. Right. Well, and, and I mean, and we're just talking about her, but then also she killed somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, yeah. and so that person's family is devastated. In fact, there was, um, when I was thinking about the Dram Shop cases, um, one of the cases that, that kind of came to mind, and I just was looking at that today, is there was a case in South Carolina, I think it was at the end of April, maybe. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but it was 
was um, a, 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 this bride. Um, she had been, she had just been married, um, and she and her husband and two other people were on a golf cart actually leaving the reception, mm-hmm. and a drunk driver hit oh. the golf cart and killed her. Yeah, golf carts. I mean, there's zero like yeah. protection. Most times, there's not even like seatbelts. Uh, that worked there. I mean, that's. But I mean, literally, I mean, and so, you know, and, and, and it was just so sad. I mean, it chills, like, talking about this. Um, you know, she was, everybody was saying, she was saying it was the best day of her life. She didn't want the night to end. And then, bam, you know, a few minutes later, literally her life has ended. Yeah. You know, her husband was severely injured, did survive. The other two people were less injured. Um, and, and the person, it was a young woman, I think 25 years old, who was the driver in that case. Um, and, and I mean, her life, and she was like three times the legal limit. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, one moment and here she is now, you know, in prison. Um, and I don't know, I don't think that she's actually been sentenced or there's been a trial. I know she, she pled not guilty. Um, so this is, this is very recent, but, but, um, a lawsuit has been filed in that case and there were a couple of bars. Apparently she was bar hopping. And so, you know, and again, you're, you're going to name each of the bars that she was at. Um, and you know, the ones closer in time, the last ones are probably going to have the higher liability because you know, she already came in somewhat drunk, but again, they're going to argue, well, we didn't know she'd been anyplace else. We thought this was her first drink. So there's, you know, it's really complicated, you know, what percentage each one of these might have. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that case too, I just saw that they're, um, potentially are claims against, well, in the lawsuit, they named um, her place of employment because it had been a group of, uh, uh, yeah, of coworkers who had gone out and there was some allegation that they were pressuring her to do shots with them and to drink a lot. And so, so, you know, there's multiple places that, that um, there, you know, there may be, I mean, of course, whatever insurance she had is going to pay out whatever the policy is. Mm -hmm. But again, I mean, you have, you know, this young woman on the brink of, you know, her new life, dying yeah it's the you know and 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 her surviving husband i mean it's just devastating her entire family is completely devastated so you know you're look you're going to look at at the, at the bar, bars and really any other other angles there and it's crazy i mean it really puts it into perspective because when you hear of these drunk driving accidents and and especially when people dying you think of it as the driver and the other driver or you know yeah. whatever the instance may be you know essentially two parties but when you put it in this perspective, there's a lot of parties involved. You know, the bar hopping. I mean, three, four bars right there. Yeah, the yeah. fact that the coworkers and the and the place of employment is also being incorporated here, and there's just so many factors that are coming together to make this this you know obviously awful event yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, and and so with these dram shop cases, I know there are cases that we're handling. Um, is this something that if you have been in an accident and a drunk driver struck you or something along those lines, then you should reach out to an attorney? I mean, obviously, those cases yeah. generally you do. But. Well, definitely, because, you know, and what may happen, too, and, you know, I've had people say this to me. They're like, well, you know, this drunk driver hit me and the insurance company called me right up and they said, you know, uh, we have a $100,000 policy. We're tendering it. We're giving you everything. So I don't really need a lawyer, do I? Well, if they're giving you $100,000 without any questions asked, then obviously your case is worth more than $100,000. Because if they could fight and argue that it was worth less, they would. Yeah. So, so so basically, you probably have, you know, more severe, you know, your, your case is worth more than that. So then the question is, where, you know, are there other avenues to look at? Do you even know, was the person drinking at a bar? Because a lot of times, you know, and especially if there's a fatality or serious injuries, it takes a long time to get that police report. Yeah. And you may not necessarily know. But I mean, yeah, you want to talk to an attorney who can can get that information for you mm-hmm. and help you figure out, were they drinking there? Were they you know, drinking at somebody else's home? I mean, there's some, some states have social host liability. Yeah. Um, in Arizona, we do not unless you serve a minor. But if it had, was a minor who was served, then you potentially have social host liability against yeah. the homeowner. Um, you know, and if the person was in, in, in a bar and, you know, I've had cases um, against uh, actually a bar in town. There's, there's one bar, one restaurant chain in town that has had a lot of litigation, and I've had several cases against them. But um, one of the really most horrendous ones was a situation where a guy was underage, was like 19 years old, and they were serving him all these shots. He leaves, gets in his car, and kills somebody. Kills Jeez. this woman who was like going home from the yeah. grocery store. What restaurant is this? Well, I'm not going to mention. Well, we it. can just... we can bleep it out. I just want to know. I'm curious. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Uh, okay. 
there's less of them now than there used to be. There, but there. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is yeah. a chain place. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in fact, I had another. I mean, they, it was just the craziest thing for a while there. There was a period of like three or four years, and I just. I mean, I kept thinking like, oh, seriously, another drum shop case against them. Um, and and it's interesting because there are fewer of them than there used to be here in Tucson. But I had another case against them that was a, just this really outrageous situation where it was like during the day or like early or mid afternoon and. And this couple was in, in there, and they were just drinking pitcher after pitcher of beer, which, again, that's somewhat problematic when you're serving these big yeah. <laughs> pitcher after pitcher of beer. And they get drunk, and and she gets pissed off. And I guess she was, like, arguing about them playing some music she wanted to hear. And then they still keep, you know, she's being obnoxious. They still keep serving her. And then she and the boyfriend get into a big fight. Yeah, this was actually going to be one of my questions, is that obviously you assume that it's going to be drunk driving, but, like, domestic abuse, where you hear there's always oh. a ton of... Is this not where it was going? Well, no. Um, actually, I mean, but but that is an interesting angle. Um, and I don't actually know the answer to that, but that'd be an interesting thing to look into. But yeah. um, in this situation, they got they got mad and they started this fight. And I guess they decided that she was a more obnoxious one. So they told her she had to leave and they didn't offer her a cab. They didn't do anything. Um, she wasn't driving. The boyfriend was driving. So she walks out the front door of the bar and then she walks into the road and she gets hit by a car and killed. Jeez. I mean, and and so they they're held responsible for that too. Well, yeah. I mean, you 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 overserve somebody and then you eject them. Yeah, I guess. And and sense. and you, they had a responsibility to you know offer to call a cab, um, or they didn't even know if she was driving. I yeah. mean. I, I'm assuming they didn't know if she was driving or not. So if they kicked her out and she got in the car. Something, anything that, that they should have, you know, taken action. Yeah. Yeah. So that was nasty. And she had a number, um, gosh, I think she had like four or five children. Um, and we did resolve that case. Um, and, and in fact, I think the last of the children has turned 18 now because in those situations we get um, uh, settlements for each child, um, but they don't collect the funds until they're 18. And so I would be notified and, you know, that sort of thing. That and they would sense. be invested. So anyway, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just there's a, there's a lot of different ways it can it can come about. And so for these cases, I know you mentioned essentially the idea is, is alcohol providers. What about mm -hmm. convenience stores, gas oh, stations? Oh yeah, yeah. Is it the same thing? Because I mean, let's say you buy you know a case of beer. There's a law against you know cracking a brew open in in the car. And so if you're 100 percent sober buying this, then then I'm assuming there isn't any liability on these these places. But if you come in and you're already drunk and then you buy yeah. alcohol, that's... Yeah, if you're already drunk. So again, they, they are not allowed to sell you alcohol if you're drunk. And sometimes it's pretty oh. darn obvious. Yeah. Um, in fact, there, I had another case years ago. <laughs> There's a bunch of these over the years. And it was a really insane situation. And it was like, you know, I swear, if you're in a relationship, just don't drink because you're going to get in fights. You know, it's anyway, awesome. again, it's like this couple in a bar and they're drinking and they're just getting wasted. And so the um, the... The, the woman decides she's pissed off. She's going to leave. She goes out. She gets in her car. And it's at this bar where people are, par are parallel parked. And so she gets in her car, and there's a car in front and a car in the back. Well, she's wasted. So she's just slamming the car in front, slamming oh the car God. in back. Like in a the movie. Car. Exactly. Like in a movie. And so... <laughs> And so, and, and so the, the, uh, the somebody came and complained, and so the, the bartender's all like, you know, you need to drive her. So the, so the guy who's sitting on the bar stool drinking as well goes and gets in the car and somehow manages to maneuver it out of the parking space. And then they go and they stop at like a Circle K, and they buy more alcohol. Wow. And then um, they're drinking it in the car, and they end up having a horrendous accident, um, hit another vehicle, and then the car rolls. And the guy, actually, his arm was amputated. It was like in the rollover. It was just a really horrible, nasty situation. And the woman died. Um, and it was a big mess trying to figure out, you know, what exactly happened, accident yeah. reconstructionists and, and all of that. But, yeah, I mean, in that case, the... the, the um, uh, you know, the, the, the convenience store and the bar both were sued. Were held responsible. And so these cases typically take place when um, the settlement is going to be more than what the insurance company can provide. And so then you have to look for other places. Or let's say the insurance company, if there's a $100,000 max and they're only willing to offer 50000 is there still a reason to go after these other 
Well, no. So, so for example, I mean, it just wouldn't be economically feasible to do that. So suppose that somebody hits you and they're drunk, but you, you know, you have a sore back for a couple of weeks and you're fine. Um, And so their insurance company is going to have enough money to compensate you for your damages and your pain and suffering and all of that. Um, And to sue the bar would just cost a lot of money, take a lot of time, and you've been fully compensated. So, yeah, so it it wouldn't, you know, make sense to do that. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, it's interesting. I mean, that's, I think that's something people don't really think about. Like I said, this, I think it just puts all of this in perspective about how many different parties can be involved in mm-hmm. these yeah. terrible accidents. And I mean, I've had some tough nights when I'm drinking, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I got in this argument yeah. or like, oh, my head really hurts or I tripped and fell and I got scratches. I mean, something like that, you know, the classic ones, but I can't even imagine these, these situations where like the guy you said amputated his arm. I mean, it's terrible. you black out and then you come to the next day and you're, you're missing so I, or you're in a hospital and you don't know what happened and, and you find someone. out you killed somebody i mean that's Jesus. you know it's, it would be the end of your life i just yeah. you know it's certainly as you know it something you don't even remember too i mean that's like it's just yeah. insane indescribable well and you know i i mean it's the one of the best things i think about ubers is the fact that it's yeah. so they're so available because yeah. you know back in the day i mean calling a cab was kind of a big ordeal oh i know yeah yeah right. i mean it was not not necessarily an easy thing to do and bars would call them and they would and, and there just weren't as many so they'd be like well there are no cabs available um you know so that was and call a friend blah 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 i mean it's just it's it's and depending where you're at too because i mean in high school like before i or Uber was around and I didn't have a car and, you know, you need to get to a friend's place or, and if the parents weren't available or something, I would just, I would start taxing around. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just much easier. But in, even in Tucson, like there just weren't that many taxis available yeah. or if there were, it'd be like, oh yeah, we'll be there in 30, 45 minutes. Right. And like, people Jesus are not, Christ, you know, yeah, very impatient. If you're at a bar, if you're at a restaurant, you just finish eating, waiting that long can, can be a lot. And especially in the heat. So uh, in New York, it's so crazy when I go to bigger cities too, because taxis, it's just an everyday life. There's right. everywhere you need them. Everyone uses them. And then places like here, the majority of days you can drive all across Tucson and not see a single taxi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even in cities like, you know, for example, in New York, I mean, I mean, I lived there for three years, you know, if it's raining, you can't get a cab. Everybody's trying to get cabs, right? And so, but I mean, with an Uber, there's a designated driver that's coming for you. You're not out there just hailing and hailing and hoping they're going to pull over for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a car ordered that's going to be there, you know, in six minutes or whatever. Um, So, so it's great. And, and hopefully, um, and hopefully people are are using them and not drinking and driving. So it seems like it's all, I mean, obviously it's always a good idea if you're in any car crash to contact an attorney, but especially if there's alcohol involved, because um, even if the insurance company is offering you the max and if they are just off the rip, then that probably means like you said, that, <laughs> that a, your case is worth more. Yeah. I mean, again, and, and, and the reality, so for example, if somebody does come in and say, Hey, you know, this insurance company is offering me the max. I mean, no, no decent attorney is going to take a fee on that. If you've been offered that, no way. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get that, but the attorney is then going to look for, are there other avenues where we can collect additional funds for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, and the fee would only be on that additional, you know, additional. Yeah. I actually completely forgot um, that there was a case at Pincus where it was kind of like what you're talking about, where they went to like five or six bars and then mm-hmm. went this terrible accident. Yeah. And it was one of the biggest cases that they had settlement-wise because they obviously got the max from the insurance and then they were going to each individual bar mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, going into litigation and yeah. doing depositions for each individual one oh, yeah. uh, because of just the, the severity of the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we are kind of coming to the hour here, so I want to make sure that we get through everything. Is there um, any area specifically that you want to touch on? Um, um, well, we do. End? Well, actually, we did have a question. Um, maybe we can pop on to we've got a few minutes here. Um, and the question um, was how much it costs to file a lawsuit. And so um, and we, we actually touched on this a little bit earlier, too. But the way that plaintiffs or that personal injury attorneys work is that um, we work on a contingency basis. So a lot of people, you know, it feels like everybody understands this at this point, but but some people don't. 
don't. I mean, we still get calls sometimes saying, how much does it cost to come in and talk to you? And I mean, almost every every attorney I know is going to give a free consultation yeah. and meet with you to determine if you have a case. Um, and if you do have the case and they're willing to take the case, they're going to advance all of the costs, basically front the cost, but you know, whatever it costs to file the lawsuit, um, do the discovery, all of that. Um, and you don't have to pay anything. Um, they, they, you know, we get paid a percentage of what we recover for you at the end of the case. Yeah. So again, there's no risk on you. It's all of the risk is on the attorney. And as we were saying earlier, you know, if, if, if the attorneys aren't going to take a really crappy case because, yeah. you know, it's 33 good. and a third of zero is still zero. It's a good <laughs> incentivization for, for yeah. the attorneys. But with the way that this is worded, I almost, it makes me think that, um, you know, is there a, filing a lawsuit? Like this is something that I think everyone, right, you, you sue someone, I'm going to sue you, something yeah. that's thrown around. But uh, me personally, I don't know how that goes. Like what, you write up a, a complaint and then you send it in the mail, you send someone an email. Is there <laughs> any cost to actually filing this lawsuit? At, yeah, well, there are. And so, so you know, it, and, and generally, again, it's going to depend on what court you're filing it in and what state you're in, but it's usually several hundred dollars. Um, and so that's actually the filing fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, you have to serve the complaint on the defendant. Um, and you have, oftentimes have a process server. There are some cases where you can serve by mail. Um, and so any of these costs, again, they're, they're costs that the attorney is going to pay and you would then pay back out of any settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always talk to, because people are saying, well, what if the costs are hundreds of thousands of dollars? And so I always, when I meet with somebody, initially talk to them about what I think would be the case. Some cases settle without even filing a lawsuit. Um, Yeah. I mean, because in most cases, well, you have until the statute of limitations to file it. And so for a car accident here in Arizona, it'd be like two years. There are some times where we're able to settle a case within that first year, first year and a half, and you don't have to file the lawsuit. So you don't have that expense. Um, So we're not going to incur expenses that we don't have to. And some people say, oh, why aren't you filing? I'm saying, well, I'm not filing because, you know, it's 400 and some dollars. And if we don't need to, then that's 400 and some more dollars that you get. Yeah. Um, so, so there are, um, you know, so that, that would be a cost ultimately that, that, um, but, oh, but, but what I was saying is when I, so when I meet with somebody, I say, look, if we don't litigate, the costs are probably going to be, you know, whatever I estimate they're going to be, maybe sometimes under a thousand dollars. If we need to take that, you know, if we need to file a lawsuit, there's going to be the filing fee, there will be deposition. I mean, and if we take a deposition, that's yeah. going to cost money. Um, if we have to hire an expert, you know, then that then then it's going to get into some serious some yeah. serious money. Um, you know, if we if it's a medical malpractice case, for example, you're going to have to hire a, a an expert witness physician, and they charge thousands of dollars to give yeah. you your opinion oh, yeah. and then testify. So, and again, you know, any of these circumstances, we're looking at and 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 consulting with the client and saying, you know, yeah, we're going to have to spend this much money, but again, it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to say a medical malpractice case where you've figure we're going to probably put out 50 grand, then you need to have, you need to have injuries that are worth more than that. If yeah. you have, you know, $10,000 worth of injuries, more often than not, an, an attorney is going to say, you know, to, to get you to a trial to collect, that's going to cost more than we can get for you. Sometimes there's just economic realities that, that that might not be the best route to yeah. go. Uh, that's what I was going to say is that in for it to get to the point where you have these high costs, where you're hiring expert witnesses, where you're spending thousands of dollars in these different areas, it has to be a case that's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, one thing, the one positive that's come out of the, the pandemic is that now, I mean, you know, back in the day, I was like, I'd have to fly all over the country t- taking depositions. Oh, yeah. I mean, these days, most uh, most people are doing these depositions over Zoom. Yeah. And so it's saving a lot, a lot, a lot of out-of-pocket expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, some, you know, to and, 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 you know, in these mass tort cases that we're talking about, those bellwether trials... I mean, three five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it, it's a lot of money to get those cases to trial, um, and and but the the good thing for you as a plaintiff is that that's not money out of your pocket. It's yeah. money that's going to get advanced by the law firm um, if the law firm believes that your case is a valid case and that you know 
we can collect money for you and, and, and that it makes sense to spend that money because what you're going to collect yeah. is significantly more. And I think that's so massive. I mean, for people, uh, you know, I've been growing up, uh, up around this. So this, uh, this is kind of knowledge that I've known that there aren't costs that the plaintiff have to take on, um, you know, right away, obviously yeah. nothing's coming out of their pocket. But uh, I mean, I'm, I can understand it being a massive fear, right? You have these damages, you know, it's going to be something big. And it's scary if you think that you have to spend all this money and, you know, put yourself in a difficult position for months, years at a Mm -hmm. time until you get this payout. Um, And the way that it's structured now is that no matter what, you know, economic standing you're in, situation that you're in, you could still pursue these cases because whatever the damages is, whatever the situation is, uh, your your financial situation shouldn't have an effect on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's really what, you know, when, and (laughs) this goes, back a long way, but when, when, uh, personal injury attorneys first started advertising, there was a whole lawsuit um, about whether or not attorneys were allowed to advertise, but it was First Amendment. Anyway, we, obviously we are. But um, there was a big issue that people didn't, had no idea that they could get an attorney. Yeah. And, you know, and still even to this day, and, and what it did really was it, you know, it opened, um, it, it made uh the court's accessible to the average yeah, person exactly. because the average person doesn't have, you know, several hundred dollars just to do an initial consultation that, yeah. you know, and, and, and so, um, when attorneys could advertise and could let people know that consultations were free and they didn't have to advance costs and all of that, um, you know, then there was a surge in people pursuing cases. And some mm-hmm. people think that's a bad thing, but the reality is that these are, these are people who were hurt mm-hmm. and who were out of pocket, uh, you know, medical expenses, loss of earnings, whatever. Um, And, you know, and they were entitled to be compensated, but they just didn't know how to do that um, or that they could do that. Um, And it's sad that even today, I mean, we still get the question fairly often, how much does it cost to come in and talk to you? Like, it doesn't cost anything to come in and talk to us. Um, You know, although most people want to Zoom anyway, they don't even want to come in. (laughs) Either way, either way, it's free. Yeah, I think that's a good question, though, because, I mean, like you said, there's still people to this day that, that don't know that there's free consultation. And if you think you have a case, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, all, if not at least a majority of attorneys are going to be willing to hear you out and hear if yeah. there's a case there free of charge. Um, but also, you know, I, I didn't know that there were actually costs associated with actually filing a lawsuit. It oh, makes sense yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And in fact, so like with these mass tort cases too, I mean, each lawsuit um, has a filing fee. And so some of, you know, sometimes if you have, I mean, some of these firms have like, you know, 10,000 cases, you know, that's a lot of money that you have, um, you know, and even, you know, I didn't have 10,000 cases, but I might have, you know, some of these litigations where I had a hundred cases, I mean, and you're paying, you know, $450 per, that's a lot of money that you're, you know, that you're carrying for a period of time. Straight out of pocket. And that's like, if, you know, obviously, hopefully if it's getting to that point that the case is going to work out and, and you're going to get return on investment there, but that's still a massive risk that you're, you're holding on to for, Years at a time. Yep. Sometimes. Yes. Oh, the life of a personal injury attorney. Well, there's that, good, there's bad, there's, oh, there's yeah. pain, there's blood, sweat, and tears. All right, Roller I'm getting coaster. dramatic. <laughs> I'm getting a little dramatic on you towards the end here. Uh, that was a good question, though, and highly, yeah. you know, just, just push people to throw, throw us questions wherever, uh, you know, wherever you're listening to us, we keep an mm-hmm. eye on everything. And if yeah. it's something a little bit more personal, feel free to um, reach out to us on email podcast at showeredlaw.com and we check that continuously um, something I notice as well is that some people have been commenting some personal stories that they've been having with some of the cases that we've been discussing which oh yeah which yeah. is it's really good to see you know like yeah. I think it's it's awesome to hear and not awesome to hear obviously it's a terrible thing but it's it's great to see that some of these uh, situations and these these conditions and, and terrible events that are happening to people and that we're discussing people are hearing about them and, and maybe mm-hmm. they didn't know the severity of it or they didn't know why these things were happening. Yeah. And, it, and it's great to hear that they're able to find out about it or get more information and also just have somewhere to share it, you know? Yeah. You know, and it's interesting too, because um, I, I mean, I've seen the fair number of people who, and, and especially with the hernia mesh cases, it seems like people are kind of saying, oh, well, this happened to me or that happened to me, you know, through social media channel, channels. Yeah. And it's just, you know, and I mean, social media has been around for a long time, but, you know, I mean, it's just interesting that 
that, um, you know, that that's that people are so comfortable mm-hmm. reaching out that way. You know, back in the day, it was all phone calls and phone books, and, you know, then finally websites. But yeah, I mean, if that's the way that you're comfortable reaching out, we, we do absolutely respond to those. Um, happy to help you. Um, and, and a lot of times it's just, you know, how do I find out? And, you know, we'll, we can get the medical records for you. Um, yeah. Help you help you figure it out. So yeah, so keep keep reaching out however you choose to do so. And we're always here to answer any questions. And you can also you know obviously call Shard Law Firm. But if there's if there's some good questions that you have even about your case specifically that might play to others and you want us to discuss them on here, we're happy to do that as well. Uh, I think people probably don't think that um, you know, or most people probably think that they're one in a million. But little do they know that some of these situations, some of these. Um, you know, problems with these products are happening a lot more than you would mm-hmm. guess. And yeah. the, some of the questions and concerns that you're having is uh, a lot more widespread than you would, you would assume. Yeah. So. yeah. And it doesn't have to be something that we've talked about, too. I mean, yeah. you know, we get people saying, hey, I, I mean, I took this medication. Is there a problem with that? Yeah. You know? So anyway, I guess on and on we go. Yeah. <laughs> we just can't shut up. Uh, I think we're going to close yeah. out the show today. Um, good show overall. I think we covered a lot of good topics. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to us chit-chat. I mean, it's always a good time. Every week we'll be back same time next week. Absolutely. If you enjoyed it, definitely throw us a follow, subscribe, like whatever it is, TikTok, tell YouTube, your Facebook, tell your friends, throw an email. Share out. an episode. If you have any questions. All of it. Five stars, everything. You have so any, far we are five stars. So far, so far we're doing pretty well. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions, like we said, you know, feel free to reach out. But uh, other than that, look forward to this time every week and glad that everyone's hanging out with us and hope you have an amazing week. Yes, have a good one. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing, prioritizing profit. Dangerous drug and product cases.